What's up guys, Nathan here. Today I'm gonna to give you three simple strategies that literally anyone can take to the poker table right now and start quickly getting better results. Let's jump right into it. All right guys, so these are three very simple strategies that uh, for those of you guys, especially who are beginners, perhaps you're not quite seeing the results you had hoped for yet at the poker table. These three strategies, if you implement them, I think you're gonna start seeing much better results. Let's jump into them. Simple thing number one is to don't chase bad draws. Guys, this is one of the biggest amateur mistakes that I see a lot of beginner and even novice players making these days. And what do I mean by that? I'm talking about chasing the bottom end of the straight, gut shot straight draws, and low flush draws. Let's look at an example of what I'm talking about right now. So for example, you raise up six five of hearts in middle position and one of those aggressive players calls you on the button. I think we've all been here before. They're gonna have a wide range in this situation. Remember, they're going to be in position on you. They called on the button, meaning that they're going to be acting last on the flop, turn, and rivers. So aggressive player in this situation, I would be calling with a wide range, I expect them to be doing that as well. And by the way, when I say a wide range, what I'm referring to is the entire spectrum of hands that they're going to have. They're going to have some strong hands like an ace queen, for example, but they're also gonna have many speculative hands like a 10-9 suited, for example, maybe some sort of uh, baby pocket pair like pocket threes, a lot of different hands. So let's go see a flop. So the flop comes down with a 10 of clubs, seven of spades, and eight of hearts. So what should we be doing in a spot like this? Well, typically, I, I actually like checking here a little bit more than c-betting. And c-bet, by the way, is a continuation bet. That means continuing our aggression here since we raised pre-flop. We are the aggressor. Uh, that's what I mean when I say c-bet, but I typically actually will check on this board more often than c-betting. But we're gonna assume we c-bet in this example here, and they go ahead and raise. What should we be doing in a spot like this? Well, guys, Guys, please just fold in this situation. This is a classic mistake here of chasing what I would call a bad draw like this. Let's talk about why this is such a bad draw. Six five here is the bottom end of the straight. Let's consider what happens if a nine comes on the turn, for example. This player that we're up against, if they have any jack in their hand, any jack, it could be jack deuce, jack four, jack eight, it doesn't matter they beat us, they have a higher straight. We have a straight, but they have a better unbeatable straight, meaning we are drawing dead, we have no options, uh, there's no card in the deck that we can catch on the river in order to improve. This is a classic situation why a lot of beginners get themselves in trouble in poker, is they chase poor draws like this where there is a potential for them to make a great second best hand. Guys, do not put yourself in a position like this in the first place. Learn how to read boards correctly like this one and understand that this is a very, very dangerous board. The only card that you're going to be really happy with on the turn is if it comes with a four. But even in that situation, I hope you guys can see you could actually already be drawing dead because Jack Nine flopped the nut straight on this board. So guys, bottom line here, be extremely careful when you have one of these bottom end of the straight, gut shot straight draws, low flush draws, stuff like this. I talk about this at length in my new university 
poker training course. I will have links to all that in the description below. It is open for enrollment right now. Let's jump into point number two, which is don't overplay top pair. This is another massive mistake that I see a lot of beginners making in particular, and it ends up costing them a lot of money, and it's one of the primary reasons why they don't have success at the poker tables. Once again, let's walk you through another example here. You raise up ace eight of spades this time on the button, pretty typical spot, and a knit, which is one of these very tight and passive players, decides to call you in the big blind. So this situation is a lot different than the previous hand. Uh, this player, we're going to have position this time, and also this is one of the tightest players at the table. However, we do expect this player to be defending their blinds quite a bit in this situation. If you guys have checked out my videos here in the past, you already know a lot of this stuff. By the way, make sure you're subscribed so you never miss my new videos here on YouTube. So let's move on to the flop here. Flop comes down with an ace of hearts, five of spades, queen of hearts. So not a bad spot for us. This time we have top pair with a mediocre kicker, and we also have the backdoor spade draw. It came spade, spade on the turn and river. We make the nut flush. So the knit checks. Again, we're going to be in position this time. We decide to go ahead and make our continuation bet and the knit calls. So guys, in this situation, there should be alarm bells going off in your head here. Remember, this is one of the tightest players at the table. They've called us out of position pre-flop. They're typically not screwing around. Again, one of the tighter players. And now they've checked, called us on the flop. Guys, they don't have nothing here. They're never calling us here with a hand like pocket sixes or something. They have top pair. They got some sort of monster draw, some sort of flush draw, something of this sort. They're not screwing around. So let's keep that in mind as we go to the turn. Turn comes with the 10 of clubs. The knit checks to us. We decide to bet again here. Now, once again, often I actually would check in this situation, but just like in the previous example, I want to point out we're choosing to bet again in this hand right here. We're always using frequencies in poker. Talk about this at length in my second book, Modern Small Stakes. Again, links for everything in the description below that we're always using frequencies in poker. So we do decide to bet again in this situation and the knit raises us. What should we be doing here, guys? Please just fold. If we decide to call here when the tightest player at the table has check raised us on the turn on this board and we have top pair mediocre kicker, this is literally the definition of overplaying your top pair. You're going to run into a much stronger hand here literally 90% of the time when the tightest, most passive player at the table check raises you on the turn. Guys, you need to understand what lines mean in poker. And when I say a line, I'm talking about the sequence of action in the hand and also understand player type and how that configures into it. When the tightest player at the table check raises you on the turn, which is what I call the big money street, the turn and river, they're literally never screwing around here. This player has top pair, top kicker. This player has two pair. This player has a straight that got there. King, queen, king jack, for example. This player has us smoked here. They're not messing around. And if you routinely decide to call in situations like this, you are literally digging your own grave in this game. Guys, you need to remember that top pair is not the nuts. It is not the immortal best hand ever in poker. When a tight player like this is offering fierce opposition, when you have showed aggression the entire way, you're almost always beat in this situation. Please just fold in this spot. Let's move on to point number three. And my final point, guys, is to be careful in multi-way pots. This is another huge mistake that I see a lot of beginners in particular making at the poker table. Once again, let's walk
walk you through an example here. You've got two red aces, you raise it up in early position, and the whole freaking table calls you middle position, cutoff, small blind, and big blind all call you. Guys, this is an absolute disaster. A lot of people send me comments and emails asking me, you know, they play in like low stakes one, two cash or something live, and they talk about this kind of stuff happens a lot. My answer is always the same. Guys, if you're getting four callers every time, raise it more. Whatever you're raising it right now, increase that 25%. They still keep calling, increase at 50%, 100%. You guys understand what I'm saying? This is a disaster situation. This is not what we want, but it will happen sometimes. It's possible that all four of these players actually just have really, really strong hands. Guys, what we need to understand about multi-way pots and poker is that your odds in this situation, actually, I've run the math before. I know that versus four random hands here, pocket aces, the best hand in the game is an underdog. You have less than 50% to win versus four completely random hands. So guys, let's keep that in mind. Anytime you get, I would say, two or more callers, you really, really need to be careful. When it goes up to three callers, four callers, you literally need two pair or better in order to play a big pot. So let's go see the flop. It comes down with a fairly harmless looking six, seven jack with uh, rainbow actually, rainbow meaning three different suits. So there's no flush draw on this board. We're gonna be sort of third of five people to act here. So the small blind and the big blind check to us. We decide to make a C bet. Now it is debatable once again, guys, with four people, but I think with pocket aces here, we should be making a small continuation bet here. I think most of the time, the cutoff and the big blind both call. So once again, should be some alarm bells going off here, guys. It is definitely possible that somebody has some sort of big hand here. It is certainly possible that they just have, you know, a draw with eight, nine, and the other player has queen jack for top pair. We definitely can still be ahead. But again, versus four players, we just have to understand that the odds go way up that somebody has flopped some kind of monster, like with a hand like six, seven, for example, pocket sevens, pocket jacks. I think you guys get the idea and people will slow play that hand from time to time. So let's keep that in mind as we go to the turn. Turn comes with the nine of clubs, big blind checks. We decide to bet again. Again, this is a little bit debatable. I would definitely check in this situation from time to time, but that's how we chose to play it in this particular hand. The cutoff comes in for the raise, the big blind folds. What should we be doing here, guys? I know this is very difficult, especially for a lot of beginners to the game because you have pocket aces, the best hand possible before the flop. But in this particular situation, in this particular hand, the best thing that you can possibly do is fold. And I know that's a little bit of a, of a pattern throughout all the hands in this video, but what you guys need to understand is that discipline is actually one of the biggest keys to success at the poker table. And that's why a lot of amateurs and recreational players don't win is because they don't have any discipline in their game. They're not able to make folds in difficult spots like this. But let's talk about why we need to fold here. As we discussed, guys, four players, chances go way up that somebody has something big. Also, we need to understand, just like in the previous example here, we have shown incredible aggression throughout this entire hand, and now a player has decided to jack it up and raise us on the turn on the big money streets. And finally, for the slam dunk fold here, why? Guys, let's look at the sequence of action here. This player has check raised on the turn. I hope you guys, some of you guys that are more experienced have already seen this. This player that check raised us on the turn here, again, this is something that a lot of people miss. They check raised two players not just one, the big blind is still left to act. And now what does that actually mean? That means this player 
is showing unbelievable strength. They are fearless. They are saying, I'm gonna check raise both of you guys. They're not just check raising us. The big blind is still in the hand. So guys, when you learn how to correctly look at the sequence of action here and understand that this player is showing unbelievable strength, they're check raising two people, not just one. This is literally never a bluff. And I know it is so painful. You've waited so long to get your pocket aces, but guys, this once again is literally one of the biggest reasons why a lot of amateurs do not have success in this game. It's because they're not able to make a difficult but correct fold in a situation like this. So guys, I hope that these three tips help you start getting much better success at the poker table. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this poker podcast episode. If you want to know my complete strategy for beating small and mid-stakes poker games, make sure you go grab a copy of my free poker cheat sheet that's available on my website at blackrain79.com. And also make sure you hit like and subscribe here to the podcast as I'm putting out new episodes every single week to help you guys quickly get beating your poker games. I wish you guys all the best of the poker tables. I'll catch you next week. This has been Nathan Williams with BlackRain79.com.